Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. I often say it's my one of my favorite books in the Bible, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. First time I ever preached a sermon when I was a boy, I was about nine years old. Dad helped me with this uh, with this passage. Luke 19 is great. It's coming towards the end of the Lord Jesus' life. And uh, he tells that famous story a little bit later about uh, telling the servants, Occupy till I come. And that's where we are. We're going to have to occupy till the Lord comes. Really? Let's read the story of Zacchaeus tonight, Luke 19, verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. You never know how relatively short visits might change your life. You never know how a seemingly insignificant small thing might change all kinds of things. And the disciples clearly didn't have any idea of what was about to happen with the Lord Jesus. We know they didn't because in chapter 18 and verse 34 it says, And they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. So the Lord had just real clearly told them exactly what was going to happen, and they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And once in a while, something's going to happen. You're going to have one of these uh, encounters, like uh, when Jesus goes to Jericho, and things are going to change and never, ever be the same. And this, this is one of those times. He just entered and passed through. It wasn't a big, long stay. He didn't stay for weeks. He just entered and passed through, but all kind of big things happened. Sometimes in the little everyday occurrences of life, the big changes happen. Verse 2, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Now that's very interesting, because in the previous chapter, we have a different rich man, the rich young ruler. And it's real interesting study to take the rich young ruler, who left Jesus sorrowing, and Zacchaeus, who is rejoicing with the Lord Jesus. The rich young ruler kept the law. Zacchaeus was the chief of the publicans, and he was excommunicated from the Jews for being on the side of the Romans, taking their taxes from the Jews. And yet Zacchaeus receives him joyfully, and the rich young ruler, who was so careful to keep all the law, leaves him sorrowing. You can't always go by the first appearance of something. You can't read a book by its cover. If you'd have seen Zacchaeus and you'd have seen the rich young ruler, you'd have swore the rich young ruler was the good guy and Zacchaeus was the bad guy. And yet, Zacchaeus is the one that received the Lord Jesus. Verse 3, And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. Remember, Jesus, because of his miracles, had huge crowds around him. They knew he had the power of God. Not everybody liked him, not by a long shot, but they knew he had the power. And plenty of our Baptist forefathers, although they were not popular, everybody knew they had the power of God with them. <clears throat> and that's a tremendous thing. But notice it says in verse 3, he didn't just seek to see Jesus, he sought to see Jesus who he was. Now that's way different than just wanting to see the sideshow, just wanting to see the magic tricks, just wanting to get a, an entertaining, uh, some entertainment. He wanted to know the man. There was something about people that really knew people that knew there was something different about Jesus. Women, as a rule, notice people and the spirit coming off of them better than men. As a rule, they do. 
And the women were very loyal to Jesus. Furthermore, there was a soldier, remember, at Christ's crucifixion, and he really knew men because he had been around soldiers a lot. Furthermore, he was involved in the crucifixion, and so he really knew men. And you know what he said? Truly, this was the Son of God. Now, here's Zacchaeus. He deals with people and their money. Let me tell you something. If you deal with people and their money, you know them. <laughs> there are things about people's money that brings out parts of them that you would not see in any other area. And we could say the same thing about two or three other areas of people. But Zacchaeus knew people. And when Zacchaeus showed up to see Jesus, he didn't show up to see a cool miracle where he raised somebody from the dead or healed some poor blind man or turned water into wine or fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. He didn't come for that. He wanted to see who he was. I am ashamed of myself for how surface level my relationships have been. I'm just too busy. That's what I just keep telling myself. I'm just too busy. Let me tell you something. Daniel was busy in the Old Testament, had a lot of responsibility on him, was he not? Did he not? Way high up in the first the Babylonian government and then the Medo-Persian government. And yet he had time to have real relationships with people, but mainly with God. Um, Zacchaeus, real busy. He's not just a publican. He's not just one of the new hire tax collectors. He's the chief of the publicans. There's all kind of responsibility on him. His cell phone was ringing constantly. <laughs> but seriously, he was busy. But when Jesus came by, he thought that was a good time to put everything else on hold and go see him who he was. But he was short. You've heard the story about Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. And he was a short guy, so you know what? He couldn't even see Jesus. Not only could he not get to know him, he couldn't even see him. Verse 4, And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Let me tell you when you care about something, when you overcome the obstacles to get to it. That's when you really care. When I want something, but I don't, but it's not really crucial to me, I think it would probably be good, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Lord will open a door, maybe not. I'm not that serious about it. But when I say, I don't care what happens, I don't care if they fire me, I don't care if it makes somebody mad, I've got to get this done, that's something I really mean business about. And it's the same way for all of us. Zacchaeus was too short to see the Lord Jesus. There were crowds everywhere. He couldn't see him at all, and he thought it was so important that not only did he take time out from his busy schedule, but he ran ahead of the crowd. It says he ran before. Listen, when you're the chief of the publicans in the, in the Roman government, let me tell you something. You are not interested in looking crazy and being out running to try to get ahead of a crowd. That's not dignified. But at this point, Zacchaeus doesn't care. Here is something that is so important to him, it doesn't matter if it's dignified. He ran before, verse 4, and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Tell you something else a dignified guy doesn't do. He not only doesn't run ahead, he doesn't climb a tree. 
think if some person of high degree and some mover shaker businessman in town started climbing a tree <laughs> wouldn't you think well what's strange what does he think he is a monkey but Zacchaeus did verse 5 and when Jesus came to the place he looked up and saw him and said unto him Zacchaeus make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully and when they saw it they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you'll take this great, rich passage and show us some truths, Lord, to make us better Christians for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, so uh, the Lord is coming through Jericho, and he just enters and passes through. It's not a big, long stay. And it's toward the end of his life. It's um, not far from the crucifixion. And this is probably the last chance Zacchaeus will ever have to see Jesus. I'm glad he took it. I'm glad he took it. And when you take your chance to see Jesus, you'll be glad you took it. You never know when that last opportunity will be. And as I've already said, it was important to him. He knew there was something different about the Lord Jesus. He ran before and he climbed up in that tree. Now let's notice verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. Jesus saw him. Let me tell you about the Lord Jesus. He sees you. He sees everything you say, every text you send, every facial expression, every attitude, every thought. He sees you. That ought to be scary to us. Bob Jones Sr. used to say there are two big sets of eyes out there in outer space, and wherever I go, they see me. And remember, this is a crowd. You're not exactly, you're not exactly looking up. I don't know how many action movies I've seen where the main character hides by climbing up and the people go in underneath him and don't know that he's up there. I was telling the kids in Sunday school when I was 12 or 13 years old and a friend of mine wanted to throw some eggs at a buddy's house. I said, well, I ain't gonna throw no eggs, I'll get in trouble. But I'll ride the bicycle and you can ride the handlebars and we'll, we'll go over there and you can throw eggs at his house. <laughs> Ain't I innocent? I wouldn't throw an egg. <laughs> so sure enough, we ride over there and he throws some eggs at that guy's house and he gets back on the handlebars and we're running away. But I forgot something. There was a great big shopping center across from this guy's house. And as we rode our bikes underneath there, one of the workers up there had seen us. But... You know, I didn't think to look up in the sky. You know, it was way high up there. <laughs> I didn't think to look there. We looked around real good, made sure nobody was coming. And that worker kicked the two-by-four off of there that he had up there, and it fell right in front of our bicycle. <laughs> and uh, you know what I forgot? I forgot there might be somebody sees me. Now, of course, I started defending myself, you know. Oh, I didn't throw an egg. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. 
meaning the guy right here with me did, and I'm, the, I'm driving the getaway vehicle. <laughs> I can't tell you what he said to me. <laughs> but let me tell you something, just like that, you can be doing something, and there's some eyes that see you. But think how Zacchaeus must have felt. I, I just used a negative version of their eyes that see you. Hey, there's a positive version of eyes that see you. Zacchaeus really wanted to know Jesus, really wanted to see him and get a feel for his vibes. You know what I mean, the spirit from him. And he couldn't even see him and just hoped that he could, from up in the tree, look and see if he could tell something about him as he passed under him. And lo and behold, Jesus stopped and saw him. Now maybe you're working for the Lord and what you're doing isn't exactly getting recognized. Maybe you're not exactly getting a lot of honor for it. Maybe you're not getting paid for it. There are two eyes way up in heaven that are looking and seeing. You remember when Jacob had been done wrong by his father-in-law Laban back in Genesis? What did the Lord say to Jacob? I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, yeah, it ought, to, uh, it ought to put us under conviction about the wrong things we do that there are two eyes always seeing us, but it ought to comfort us in the good things that we do that there are two eyes always seeing us. And in the middle of this crowd, when somebody cared to see Jesus that much, he knew it, and he saw Zacchaeus. All right, verse 5, it says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus. Why? Jesus and Zacchaeus hadn't met. How did he know his name? Zacchaeus probably first thought, He sees me. And then he thought, He knows me. Let me tell you about Jesus. He knows you. You, you just thought your mama knows you. How good Jesus knows you varies how good your mama knows you. And don't get me wrong, I understand that your mama knows you real well. Jesus knows you a hundred times better than that. He knows, he knows stuff your mom wishes she understood about you. He knows stuff your brothers and sisters and dad and grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins and close friends and co-workers and neighbors wish they could understand about you. He knows everything about you. And he knew Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus sought to see him who he was. Jesus didn't have to have that problem with Zacchaeus. He already knew he was. As the Bible says in John, I think it's chapter 2, he said, he needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. <laughs> Isn't that an amazing thing? Jesus knows us that well and still died on the cross for i got to admit, and, and I think everybody would say this is true, if you were going to sacrifice heavily for somebody, would you pick people that you know their hearts like he knows ours? <laughs> no, I wouldn't be sacrificing for them. Talk about a waste. The Apostle Paul was very human in this area. He was worried about his followers, and he said, lest I have run in vain. <laughs> He hated to think that he'd put all that work in those church people for nothing, in vain. Let me tell you about the Lord. He put a bunch of work in for people in vain. And he still thought it was worth doing it. The sun shines on everybody, don't they? Doesn't it? 
the just and the unjust. The same, we often use that saying, the same sun that hardens the clay melts the wax. <laughs> and it, the sun just shines, and it's up to you to do what you're going to do with it. But the Lord knows you, the Lord knew Zacchaeus. So he looked up and saw him, and I'm sure Zacchaeus thought, he sees me. And then he said, Zacchaeus, and I'm sure Zacchaeus thought, he knows me. And then he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Let me tell you about the Lord. He doesn't hesitate to just directly give you what you need to hear. Jesus was a man, not a woman. You know how women speak in a thousand shades of hint? <laughs> they won't be direct. They won't say, uh, no, you shouldn't have got that haircut. That doesn't look good on you, sister. <laughs> a woman will not say that. No, you shouldn't have bought that dress. That makes you look bad. <laughs> They're just, a woman will never say that. Once in a while, a man might. <laughs> Now, our, our Lord Jesus was not unkind, but I'll tell you what he was. He was direct. You know what he said to Zacchaeus? He said, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. You know what he said to Nicodemus? Ye must be born again. He just got direct with him. What did he say to the woman at the well? Woman, get me something to drink. Oh, okay, well, go get your husband and bring him. Knowing that she'd been with a bunch of men. You know what else he said to her? He said, uh, you don't know what you worship. The salvation is of the Jews. Jesus was direct. And yet, as I mentioned this morning, not one woman ever had a problem with him. You don't have to tiptoe around people to know that your heart is right and you mean good for them. As a matter of fact, a lot of times it would help if you would be more direct so people would know that you mean good for them. Now again, I don't mean like some of those funny examples I was using earlier. Don't go up to somebody and tell them their breath stinks. Get away from me. You know, I don't mean to be downright insulting, but I do mean that you should be direct. The Lord Jesus was. Got him in trouble, but it was but it was always with some criminal type man that got him in trouble. He said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Now, what did Zacchaeus think then? He had just thought he sees me, he had just thought he knows me. I'll tell you what he thought then. He wants me. Do you know how long it had been since anybody, especially the Jews, had wanted Zacchaeus? Here he would turn to, in a manner of speaking against his own people to take the side of the Roman government and taking the taxes from them at least. And they had kicked him out. I know because when Jesus went with him, they said, he's gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. You know what they call our Lord Jesus? A friend of publicans and sinners. Jesus wants them too. I admit most of them don't want him. I'm sorry that they don't. But it isn't that Jesus doesn't want them. Because he does. 
He said, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And I got to admit, if Zacchaeus had already run ahead and Zacchaeus had climbed a tree, I'm pretty sure Zacchaeus ain't going to be worried about hurrying up and coming down. And it said, uh, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When you get the Lord Jesus, you get the joy. One of my favorite passages on this, I, I don't... I haven't really thought and meditated on all the reasons why it blesses my heart the way that it does, but it does. Matthew 13, 44, in those parables of the kingdom, the Lord Jesus says again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. There is one thing that is so valuable that if you lose everything in order to get it, you'll be tickled to death to do it. You know what Paul said about the Lord? He said, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Now most things we don't feel that way about. What if we went to buy something and in order to sell it to us, they took every bit of money we had on us and every bit of money in our bank account and all the credit that we had on the credit card and all of our life savings in the IRA and mortgaged our house and they did all that to sell us whatever it was we were about to buy. We'd say, man, I've been ripped off! Except one thing. And that is the treasure of the Lord Jesus. And if he takes every other thing you got, you're tickled to death with that deal. You got something worth way more than ten times anything you ever had. Different scenario. And when Zacchaeus came down and received the Lord Jesus, there's no telling what trouble that might have got him in with the Roman government. There's no telling what trouble that might have got him in, certainly with the Jews, which already didn't like him. He didn't care. He received him joyfully. When something can cost you everything you've got and you still rejoice in it, that is a unique product, is it not? What a wonderful thing. He said, he wants me. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood. I assume that um, they were sitting there talking or sitting there eating. But in the middle of it, Zacchaeus stood. I don't know if you can tell it or not, short as he was. <laughs> but he stood and said, Lord, behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Zacchaeus said, half of everything I got, I'm giving to the poor. And of that which I'm keeping, let me tell you what I'll do. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I'll pay it back four times. Let me tell you what that is. That is repentance. That is somebody that has a changed mind and a changed attitude. Have you ever known some wealthy people that really hold on to every dime? Here's a wealthy man that was ready to give up about all of it, wasn't he? That's the difference between Zacchaeus here and the rich young ruler in Luke 18. In Luke 18, the Lord had to tell him, sell what you have and give to the poor. In Luke 19, Zacchaeus volunteers to give what he's got and to make up four times 
anybody he's cheated. Wow, there's repentance. Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is, what? A son of Abraham. You know what he wasn't able to claim for a long time? His Jewishness. His role as one of God's chosen people. He couldn't claim that. They kicked him out. They didn't want him. They said, you're on the other side. They said, you're on the devil's team. And Jesus accepted him. You know why I'm afraid a lot of people don't get saved or don't get right? They know they're not accepted. You know what I wish I could make them understand? Jesus accepts them doesn't mean we condone their sin doesn't mean he condones their sin but if you knew everything God knows about me and you it's a wonder that we're accepted and we need to remember that when we don't accept people now, I'm not saying do anything stupid I'm not trying to say that but remember in the back of your mind but for the grace of God there you may be You'd be surprised how many people, I think I've told you before, not long before Janice Joplin died, some other, one of those poor down and outers in the entertainment industry that was on drugs and alcohol, drug and drunk himself to death, and they asked Janice Joplin for a, for a statement on the death of this cohort of hers, and she said, how about but for the grace of God, there go I. And I thought, what in the world? <laughs> all of a sudden, somebody who never talked about that, or not much, all of a sudden was very well acquainted with the grace of God. I wonder how many of those people are acquainted with the grace of God and just assume they couldn't get it. And just assume it's too late for them. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I'll tell you what the Lord does when Zacchaeus has a change of heart. He says, he also is the son of Abraham. Don't you know that made them mad? And, and I kind, I'm not going to beat them up too bad because I'd feel similarly. If some other government came over here to America and took us over and some of my friends here in America was on the, let's say it was the Chinese communists, was on the side of the Chinese communists, and forcing us to pay our income tax to the Chinese Communist government, I'd be pretty mad. I would. I'm, I'm not going to beat them up too bad for being upset about it. But the Lord Jesus remembers that they got some problems of their own, doesn't he? And he says he also is a son of Abraham. You know what I know Zacchaeus thought by that time? He loves me. It was remarkable that even in that big crowd, Jesus stopped and saw him. It was even more remarkable that Jesus knew him. It was way more remarkable that Jesus wanted him. Everybody was going to see Jesus. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to see you. What a blessing. And then Jesus went so far as to heal, at least in his mind, and he's the only one that really matters, the terrible rift between Zacchaeus and the Jews. 
and said, He also is the son of Abraham. Wow. You know why there were some people that loved Jesus? Because Jesus loved people. He went to the woman caught in adultery in the very act and said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He goes to a publican and says, He also is the son of Abraham. No wonder Zacchaeus said, He must love me. Verse 10, one of the great verses in the Bible, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm cutting it short tonight for some things I need to do. But God help us this week to remember that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And if we want to work with Jesus, that'll be part of our that'll be part of our occupation, won't it? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to read and study.